Hello, welcome to the Field of Screams. Today we'll be talking about John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter's films are almost a genre of themselves. Just to name some iconic ones, I mean we have Halloween, we have Escape from New York, we have The Fog, we have The Thing, we have Christine, we have Big Trouble in Little China. I mean that's just going over the ones on top of my head, but one that's not really ever talked about is Vampires. This movie is based off of John Stakely's novel. Now this film almost looked entirely different. The studio went arranging this movie. They considered Carpenter, Sam Raimi, Peter Jackson, and Ron Underwood for director. All of these big names were not the first director of this film though. The first director of this film was Russell Mackay. If you do not know who Russell is, Russell is the guy who directed Highlander. With Russell in charge, he talked Dolph Lundgren, yes, Ivan Drago, into being the lead actor of this film. Another name he was pursuing was the main villain. He was eyeing William Defoe to play as the lead vampire. So from the very get-go, this movie is going to be very different than what it ended up turning out to be. Due to conflict with the studio, Russell ended up leaving the project before film even began, and Dolph Lundgren left with him. I like to imagine both of them leaving the studio in the same car driving off with There's No Easy Way Out playing while they're staring ahead angrily. So with no director, the studio began to look around again. While the studio was looking, John Carpenter himself was down in the dumps. He said he would, thought he was done with filmmaking, and to quote John Carpenter himself, filmmaking was just not fun anymore. The studio gave Carpenter two different screenplays, and Carpenter sat down, read both of them, and then he read the novel himself. After doing this, Carpenter felt creatively energized again, and he went to his office and he began crafting ideas for this movie. The big idea or the big draw for Carpenter was he always wanted to mix the genres of horror and western. And this seemed like the perfect project to do that. So Carpenter rolled in, explained his ideas. He stated he wanted it to be a western slash horror type film. And he also stated that the vampires, they were not going to be the typical gothic creatures that we have known them as. He wanted to get away from that. He said, my vampires are going to be savage creatures. There isn't a second of loneliness in their existence. They are too busy ripping and tearing humans apart. Now seeing this film, if you asked me if it was scary, I would say no. I don't think this is a very scary film. I think films like The Thing are a lot scarier that he made. And Halloween, of course, is a lot scarier. But this film at the same time is pretty ruthless. Um, it's lots of violence. Um, they're, they don't hold back when it comes to the vampires being violent, and there's a lot of cool scenes in this film. So is this movie scary? No. Is this movie perfect? No. Is this a fun movie? Absolutely. I am going to talk through this film now, so if you are afraid of spoilers, it's an older movie. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't know if you will. But again, if you don't want spoilers, go ahead and click off now um, so we can break down this movie. Let's get started. When this movie starts, we meet the main character, Jack Crow, who is the leader of a team of vampire slayers that is sponsored by the Vatican. When casting Jack Crow, Clint Eastwood, Kurt Russell, Bill Pax, and Al Pacino were all offered the lead role, but they all either declined or they had another part that they had to act in, so none of them could do it. So they ended up settling with the actor, James Wood. Now, kind of a funny tidbit, James Wood was known to be difficult to 
work with in his past films. Now, if you know John Carpenter, John Carpenter can also be known to be a little grumpy to work with while he's making his films. Once this movie came out, it was reported that John Carpenter and James Wood got along exceptionally well. Apparently, Carpenter struck a deal with Wood that in one scene, whatever John Carpenter said when he was directing, was the word that they went with and then in the next scene he would let James Wood improvise a little bit. Well some of the things that James Wood improvised John Carpenter loved. So back to the beginning of the film, James Wood aka Jack Crow, he's the leader of a group of vampire slayers that is sponsored by the Vatican and we see Jack Crow's crew pull up to this house and they are looking for vampires. Jack Crow's crew consisted of a lot of different members. One of the members is the actor that played in Sons of Anarchy. I think his name was Bobby, the one with a pretty big beard. Another person in his crew is Tony Montoya, who is played by Doug Baldwin. His brother, Alec Baldwin, was actually going to be cast for this part, Tony Montoya. But he ended up having to drop out, and when he dropped out, he actually told Carpenter, hey, you should cast my brother instead. So Carpenter tested his brother out, and he was okay with it. And so Doug Baldwin played Tony Montoya. So the first scene of this movie is Jack Crow and his crew pulling up to this house in their giant vehicles, and they get out these automatic weapons, pikes, wooden stakes, and they have these modified crossbows that attach to a mechanical winch. It's very cool seeing these guys pull up. They are very confident in their work. It's almost like the vampire version of Ghostbusters, except a little rated R. The crew enters this house, and they stumble upon a nest of vampires. The crew take care of these vampires, no problem. They're staking them. They are putting spikes through them. They are releasing gunfire on them. They have no problems whatsoever. They use the crossbow to shoot them and the mechanical winch, then pulls the vampires outside, which they are vaporized. Now, when I say vaporized, usually when you picture a vampire getting destroyed by the sun, you might, you know, see that little... And then they're like, ah, and, you know, maybe they start to melt or, you know. No, these guys, they, like, burst on fire. Like, it's like they just explode with fire. Um, there's no hesitation. They instantly catch fire and they burn up to a crisp. Jack Crow and his crew, they take out the entire vampire nest or so they think. But Jack Crow, he's kind of walking and he, he's a little worried. He says, well, we haven't found the head vampire the master vampire like we haven't found him yet and the crew's like well you know we looked all over the house we can't find him and then they just kind of leave it at that so what do these vampire hunters do after destroying the vampire nest they visit a town and they throw a huge party and they invite a lot of women prostitutes they drink and they do drugs now at this party jack crow meets a prostitute named katrina and they talk and they seem to get to know each other a little bit before they go their separate ways katrina is played by cheryl lee who carpenter was impressed with her work from twins peak so she really didn't have to audition he sought out and got her to be in this film himself while the partying is going on we finally meet the head vampire named valak valak is walking down the street and i'll be honest he looks pretty cool right when you see him you know he is the head vampire valak is played by thomas ian griffith and he does a bang up job as the lead villain 
Before he was casted, Carpenter actually approached Dolph Lundgren and asked him if he wanted to return to the film as the main villain, but Dolph said he was not interested in being the villain. Valak sneaks around, and he ends up biting Katrina in the leg, which starts the process of her becoming a vampire herself. When first watching this movie, I thought to myself, oh, that's how Valak's gonna get back at Jack. He's going to bite the girl that he just met, possibly likes, and that's gonna be his revenge. But no, Valak then starts to walk towards the front door of the party. The actor from Sons of Anarchy opens up the door. They both kind of match eyes. And one thing I noticed right away is Carpenter isn't playing by normal vampire rules because anyone that follows vampire lore, vampires have to be invited inside a house in order for them to come in. What does Valak do? He cuts the guy from Sons of Anarchy right in half and then he enters the house. Now the next scene is a complete bloodbath. Valak kills literally everyone at the party. Um, all of Jack Crow's crew, except Jack Crow, Montoya, and Katrina, who's bitten. So she's kind of like a half a kill, I guess you could say. Valak starts cutting guys in half. He's decapitating people. He is literally just doing it all with his hands. They're lining him up with machine guns. That doesn't work. He's just continuing to mow everyone down, nothing slowing him down whatsoever. When nearly almost everyone's killed at the party, Jack Crow finally notices. He takes a gun or crossbow, I can't really remember, but he does this little maneuver where he tries to shoot at Valak, but he like dives across the room. Maybe he was hit, I don't know. But then he kind of goes through like a table and it looks very clumsy, it made me laugh. But that was Jack Crow's one attempt at Valak at the house. After his failed attempt at whatever he was trying to do, he runs outside. Matoya's in his truck. Katrina's kind of stumbling around outside. Jack Crow starts to get into the truck, pauses, goes towards Katrina, goes towards the truck again. He looks puzzled. Matoya's like, what are you doing? Get in the truck. And then Jack Crow's like, wait, we need to save her. And he goes, no, she's bitten. He goes, no, we need to save her. Montoya goes, what are you doing? Like, she's like basically dead already, but he still saves her and puts her in the truck. This was a part I really didn't understand in the movie because they do state during a scene that if someone is bitten, the number one rule is to kill them. They don't let them live because if you let them live, they later turn and then they end up killing other people. So if someone's bitten, they are supposed to eliminate them. But I guess Katrina, Jack Crow made an exception for. So Jack Crow, Matoya, and Katrina they ride away for a little bit till things die down. Jack Crow tells Matoya to, to lay low with Katrina while he goes to the motel to bury everyone that was killed. So Jack goes back to the motel where again it's a complete bloodbath. There's blood all over the walls. There's bodies everywhere. He goes to everybody, to every person that he knew in his crew. He puts a stake through them and he decapitates their head. And when he's done he burns down the motel. After setting the motel on fire, Jack goes to his superior, Cardinal Alba. Alba then explains that Velak was a disgraced priest who led a rebellion against the church. And since he led a rebellion against the church, they ended up executing him. And when they executed him, he transformed into the first vampire. You would think this was something that Alba would tell Jack a long time ago when they started vampire slaying, but I digress. 
After Cardinal Alba gives the background to Valak, he tells Jack that he needs to assemble a new team, and he gives him a priest named, I believe it was Adam Gatinia, but Jack just calls him Padre for most of the movie, so when I refer to him, I will just call him Padre. Meanwhile, Matoya and Katrina are laying low in a hotel or motel, it seemed like, and Katrina isn't doing so well, and Matoya is explaining to her all the changes that she's feeling becoming a vampire. She soon then freaks out because she's becoming a vampire and tries to commit suicide by jumping out the window. Matoya grabs her, and it's a brief struggle, but Matoya ends up pulling her back in by flinging her through the glass, and they both fall to the ground. When they both fall to the ground in the chaos, Katrina then bites Matoya's arm. Padre and Jack are now on the road, and Jack is starting to suspect that Padre is hiding something from him. So Padre is kind of going on this thing on how he's so excited to kill vampires, and they're going to do this and that, and he's read all about it, and he can't wait. And then Jack just slams on the brakes, pulls the car over, he flings Padre down on the ground, roughs him up a little bit, points a gun at him, and tells him, he better be telling him everything. Jack tells Padre that he murdered his own father after watching his father murder his mother after his father was bitten. It's kind of a nice little backstory moment there where it doesn't take too long. Padre pleads that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then Jack pulls out a map and they're talking about the vampires must be searching for something. Well, it turns out that something is an artifact, an ancient artifact called the Black Cross. Padre eventually puts two and two together that Valak is looking for the Black Cross, which is guarded by monks. And the Black Cross he's going to use to complete an exorcism in which the sunlight will no longer hurt Valak, which will basically make him invincible. Though initially I questioned Jack Crow's decision to bring Katrina along, even though she was bitten. They do use her ability to have a psychic connection with Valak so that she can see some of the acts that he is doing, which ends up paying off. Katrina uses that psychic ability to see that Valak summons seven additional vampire masters to help him look for the Black Cross. The scene they use to show that Valak has seven additional vampire masters, it's Valak and the seven vampires slowly rising out of the dirt or sand, and it looks very cool. They're dirty from rising from the ground, but they look very sinister. It's a very cool moment. Jack, Padre, Katrina, and Matoya join forces, and then they start pursuing Valak by using the psychic connection, and they visit this town that Valak has already been to. In that town, we find out that Valak turned about 30 other people into vampires, so now his crew is pretty large. But once they're at this town, they use Padre's bait and the seven vampire masters that are helping Valak. They show up and they try to attack Padre. Jack and Montoya then lay waste to these seven masters by using their old tactics of hitting them with the mechanical winch, using firearms, stakes, whatever they can put their hands on. There's one scene that's really cool to where Jack Crow is facing off against one of the vampires. Matoya hits it with a mechanical winch. They are dragging that vampire out of the building. While that vampire is being dragged, Jack hops on top of the vampire and shoots the vampire in the face about 20 times. And then he finally hops off to where that vampire combusts into flames when it goes into sunlight. After destroying the seven different vampires, Valk and his army starting to arrive and it's getting near sundown. Matoya and Katrina, they get into a truck and they start to flee. 
Padre takes cover, Jack is then overwhelmed and captured by the vampires. While Montoya is driving down the road in his truck, Katrina fully turns into a vampire and she goes for the attack and bites Matoya's neck. Matoya, for whatever reason during the scene, it doesn't seem like he really fights back much. He lets her practically bite him in the neck and he just kind of sits there. It looks like he almost pushes her head forward and she drains his blood to where he's almost dead. Once she does this, Katrina then goes to join Val. So Jack Crow's captured and he's all tied up and Valk is strutting around saying they're basically doomed, they're gonna do this ritual now and Jack Crow goes, hey, why don't you just get it over with and kill me, man? And Valk responds with, well, for this ritual we need to crucify a crusader and they kind of motions towards Jack indicating that he is the crusader that they need to crucify and then he also says oh we need to perform a ritual by a priest they then do a big reveal of cardinal alba walking out indicating that he is with valak now cardinal alba steps in front of jack crow and he kind of laughs and he says ha you've been double crossed and he pulls out two crosses no he didn't actually do that he does say is that he is starting to fear death and he kind of saw writing on the wall so he made a deal with valak that he would help him with this exorcism in exchange for him becoming a vampire so he would be immortal valak and his army of vampires tie jack crow up to a cross they're about to perform a crucifixion and they're going to light him on fire and at this point padre gets on top of the building and he shoots cardinal alba eliminating the priest that is to do the ceremony jack crow kind of gives a hey padre whenever he shoots the cardinal valak isn't very happy he takes a torch acts like he's going to light jack on fire but then matoya comes driving in with his truck he uses his mechanical crossbow to shoot the cross and then the mechanical winch attached to his vehicle pulls the entire cross off the ground and it flings violently if this was real life i think jack crow might have been dead from how hard that cross fell so padre jack crow and matoya they end up fighting back with the vampires long enough to where sunrise starts to happen and that's where all the vampires start to scatter inside to hide from the sunlight now that jack crow has valak all to himself inside a building they start their epic fight and jack crow has the black cross and he impales valak with the black cross to where his valak starts laughing saying you can't kill me and then jack crow looks up and he sees the ceiling is barely covered by really flimsy boards it's, it's barely even a roof i don't know how sunlight isn't flooding through the building anyways but jack crow then tackles and hit sticks a pillar in the building which knocks out basically the entire ceiling so sunlight comes in and since the black cross is impaling valak and he's now being hit with sunlight this kills Val. So now we get to the end of the movie, and it's actually a pretty touching scene. Padre looks at Matoya. They know that he's bit. Padre wants to shoot him right there. Jack walks in. He goes, well, Padre, put it down, put it down. And Matoya's just standing there. Jack walks between the two of them, and he looks at Matoya, and he says, you know, our number one rule is if someone is bitten, 
they must be taken care of immediately. Even though they didn't do that with Katrina, and that led to Matoya being bit. But I, I digress there. Uh, Matoya kind of shakes his head, and he kind of understands, and he talks to Jack a little bit. And then Jack looks at him and goes, How long ago did Katrina bite you? And he goes, Two days. And Jack just kind of sits there again. Matoya goes, And I've covered for you. I've, I've been loyal to you all this time. And Jack goes, I know you have. And then Matoya, he starts to cry a little bit, and he's like, Jack, I need a vacation. Two-day vacation. And Jack shakes his head, and he goes, well, I think I owe you two days. And then he looks back at Padre. Padre shakes his head, and he goes, oh, two days, yeah. Padre's ready to shoot him right then and there. But he agrees with Jack just to agree. And then at this point, Jack walks up to Matoya and says, listen, I'm giving you two days. After that, Jack kind of gives him the Liam Neeson and says, I will hunt you, I will find you, and I will destroy you. And then they embrace each other, and then Matoya drives off. Movie ends with Jack and Padre walking off to finish off the rest of the vampires, starting the new Vampire Slayer Club. So that's the end of the movie there. The movie originally started with a $60 million budget, but it got cut down to $20 million budget. Carpenter had to rewrite a lot of the story in order for it to fit in that $20 million budget. In the U.S., it grossed $20 million itself, but then overseas, it did really, really well. So the movie ended up being a financial success. This film was the only financial success that Carpenter had in the 90s, and it was his last financial success that he's had as a director. Carpenter actually left this film halfway through filming and the makeup artist Greg Nicotero took over for two days until they were able to convince Carpenter to come back. Carpenter also had some trouble from the MPAA with them threatening to give the film an NC-17 rating because of the violence was so brutal. But they ended up shaving off 20 seconds of the film and then they came to a compromise to get the rated R. Despite the behind the scenes drama, the budget cuts, and the MPAA causing trouble, which they have for so many other horror movies, they ended up making a pretty fun movie out of this, which has a cult following. If you enjoy westerns, vampires, over-the-top violence, and cheesy lines, this is the perfect movie for you. Well, I think this wraps up my breakdown of John Carpenter's Vampires. I had fun watching it. I had fun talking about it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Please tune in next time for the next episode of Field of Screams. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at fieldofscreams123 at gmail.com. Until next time, catch you later.